Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome to your very first episode of Collider Dailies in 2024. Steve, do you know when I'll be able to write 2024 on, on like things that I have to sign and date? I, at the I end do. of at the end of 2024. I only uh, just got used to writing 2023. Yeah, I was gonna say 2025 is when you're gonna start doing 2024. <laughs> you're you're 100% right about that. I wrote 2003 on something recently, and I felt like a real big dope. I didn't want to say anything, Perry, but you have a drug problem, and we oh, need to God, get you. Steve. <laughs> Oi. Well, I mean, that's that's how we're we're starting on the new right. year. I don't I don't know how, I don't know how to respond to that. So I's just gonna say I'm really excited for 2024's list of movies. We are each going to pick three of our most anticipated movies of 2024. If you watched our top three of 2023 episode, you know how this works. One of us will go, then the other, and we'll keep ping-ponging until we have each revealed our three most anticipated movies of the year. Curious to see if we have any crossover. Knowing our, our personal taste, I have a feeling we won't. Do you want to test this theory, Steve? Do you want to go first? Whatever you want. I'll go first or you go first. All right. I'll give, I'll give you the honors this time. I went first with the top three. Uh, sure. Okay. Well, my number three most anticipated, um, I'm cheating a little bit. And by the way, I want to point out that this list was impossible. It's, <laughs> it, it was truly impossible because I looked through the, the movies that I know are coming out and there are so many uh, huge films. And I also want to say that the thing that's disappointing about my list, at least, is that my list consists of like ip that everyone has heard of and it's because this is the stuff that i know and i'm anticipating and if you look at like the 20 my top three 2023 films two of those films i would have never put as my most anticipated of 2023 because they were films i didn't really you know there were society of the snow and zone of interest i didn't really know what to expect with these films that came out of left field and blew me away so these movies that I'm anticipating are, um, uh, I'm sure there's going to be films that are, you know, things that we haven't even thought about that are going to be like, oh my God, this was like the best film of the year. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I also want to say that uh, Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse is not on my top three because I don't think it's coming out in 2024. I think they're going to bump the release date or maybe they already have to 2025. So it's not in my top three because I don't expect it to come out. So for my number three, um, I cheated because I figured if they were both sequels and both sequels for films that came out a long time ago, I could sort of pair them together as my number three, whatever. You're just going to have to bear with me. So my number three, it's tied is Beetlejuice two and gladiator two. They're both sequels to amazing movies, both made by exceptional filmmakers. And that's how I was able to justify making it as a tie. And uh, obviously Beetlejuice 2 um, 
I couldn't be more excited. I never thought this movie was going to get made. I heard the main reason why Warner Brothers finally decided to uh, move forward on it is A, the studio is trying to mine IP that they own and, you know, um, catalog stuff. And so Beetlejuice fits in. But more than that, they finally figured out a way to engage younger audiences, which is Jenna Ortega. She's going to be the lead in the movie. And uh, her popularity, I believe, is what ultimately said to the studio, let's make this. Because then you surround it with Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, all the other original characters. And you all of a sudden have an audience of older moviegoers are going to be like, oh, I want to see the sequel. And younger moviegoers who are going to say, I want to see Jenna Ortega. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And then obviously Gladiator 2. Ridley Scott, sequel to one of my favorite films um, by Ridley. Uh, Denzel. Um, I mean, the, everything about this movie is, I can't wait to see it. Um, and, you know, they recreated or built a Coliseum in Malta. Um, it's this huge movie. Uh, and I, anyway, these two films, I, I really can't wait to see. Those are my, that's my, my tie as, as number three. So in the biggest uh, shock of the episode, we do have crossover. I'm surprised you picked Beetlejuice. I picked Beetlejuice. I love Beetlejuice. And I'll, I'll also um, add on to what you were saying before. I also think that these most anticipated lists often do wind up being IP heavy just because the pre-existing material creates additional pressure and hype. So that's that's pretty much where all of my picks lie. But in particular for for Beetlejuice too, it had to be on my list just because I grew up watching Beetlejuice over and over and over. And that is another one of those like core essential movies. I'll use the term core memory is like watching, watching it and it like shaping my brain in a particular way and very clearly signaling to me what I like most in genre storytelling and what I appreciate most in the craft of filmmaking in this particular case, largely like the weird bonkers, super creative type of, uh, you know, horror leaning material and also stuff that's done practically. And I believe there is a quote circulating out there about how the plan is to bring a lot of this back to life on screen in a practical fashion. So I have a lot of faith in their approach to making the movie. And like you said, I think it's one of the greatest things that we have a superstar like Jenna Ortega, where people will come out to a movie specifically to see her, and it could introduce them to, in this particular case, something that is considered a classic to many of us older folks. And all of a sudden, by combining those two things, you broaden a fan base. That is something that is very special when it happens. And assuming Beetlejuice 2 keeps the bar as high as the classic original, I think it can happen here and be something extremely special for everyone. Yeah, the only thing about Beetlejuice 2 is that they're going to have to figure out how to get people to watch the original because I obviously it's going to make the sequel better. And I think that most likely I'm going to guess that Warner Brothers is going to re-release the movie in theaters or do something to get people to watch it somehow, because obviously like the, the movie must be able to be watched on its own without having to have seen the original, but it's gonna be better if you've seen the original. I, I do think they'll probably do some sort of like re-release strategy or direct people toward the original before they see the new movie. But 
one one thing that I think needs to be more heavily considered with with all franchises is I think every single sequel needs to be able to stand on its own two feet. Every especially when you're talking about big IP that often costs a lot of money to make. Obviously, this will be less expensive than let's say a DC or Marvel movie, but it will benefit your series if every movie is yes connected because that's part of building a of continuing story through a franchise. But if every single release offers the opportunity to function as an on-ramp, you are more likely to grow your fan base rather than continually shrink it with every single new installment due to the pressure of having to see everything that has come before. So that's just my my two cents on adding to franchises. All right, Steve, you ready for my number two pick? Sure. Am I going first or are you? You Oh, you were going first this whole episode. You are right. <laughs> I mean, you can go if you want. It's no, fine. no, no. Have, have at it. Have at it. Uh, okay, so I, I was going to cheat again and justify putting two films together, but I'm just going to say that it pains me that I do not have Furiosa in my top three, and I needed I to cheat <laughs> to do that as my tie with number two. But it, it's – and I can't believe it's not in my top three um, – but it, it it's bullshit. It is. It's like I, it's obviously needs to be tied for number oh, one. I I feel like I know the game you're playing right now. Do you so, can I can I predict what you were gonna do? As my number two? Yeah. Sure. I think you were trying to package maybe Furiosa and Dune. No, I wasn't Cause actually. Because of CCXP. I thought that was no. gonna be your cheat. I was going to package uh, Furiosa with Deadpool 3. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, listen. It, <laughs> I don't have anything for that. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you cheat any way you want. Anyway, Deadpool 3 is my number two. And the reason is obviously it's Deadpool 3. It's Ryan Reynolds. It's Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Um, it's an R-rated MC Marvel movie, uh, MCU um I couldn't be Sean Levy's directing couldn't be more excited for the film just based on like stuff I'd heard before. Now I've heard just a lot more about the movie. Like I know a lot about Deadpool three didn't mean to know this much, but I do. <clears throat> and I can say that um, it's like, it has the chance of being something truly special and something like that people are not expecting. And um loaded with awesome things and i'm trying not to give anything away because i don't want to ruin it for anyone except to say that like it it, it could be something awesome like if if it's as good as what i've heard and what they're doing with it like it, it's gonna be like i really implore you to not learn spoilers or watch videos online or read about the movie because if you don't and you watch it that opening day or opening weekend without knowing anything, it is going to punch you in the face 50 different ways. Like, it's just, I, I couldn't be more excited for this film. Um, and so it's my number two. I have really high hopes for this. And I do think that it has the chance of being a billion dollar movie, if wow. assuming it all comes together. That is, that's quite the sell there. I feel, yeah. I feel like you're almost inspiring me to switch something out and put Deadpool 3 on my list. I'm not going to do that. My number two is Wicked. 
or rather Wicked Part One. I was going to say Part One. I loved that Broadway show. I still, whenever the music is on, like if I ever randomly hear the music from Wicked, I automatically fall back into that same pattern of listening to the soundtrack over and over and over. It was just like a really big deal to me because when I first uh, started undergrad, in, I, I went to NYU, so I was living, you know, like for the first time, like away from home as like an adult in, in the big city. And it was very scary. And I feel like going to see Wicked maybe too many times gave me like like an anchor for a little while. And also because it's just it's an incredible it's an incredible story with some of some of my favorite music of all time. And I, I think they could pull it off with this group. I feel like Cynthia Erivo and Ariana Grande are solid casting for those particular lead roles. And given how much I like In the Heights in particular, I love the idea of John M. Chu directing. I'm curious to see how the uh, the splitting of the story into two parts is going to work. I've I've read a little bit about how in particular Defying Gravity was written to be like a curtain closer. So I can I can understand why they're going to stop there. I'm just, I'm very curious to see if part one feels like, yes, a story that needs to be continued, of course, because it's part one of a part two, but it also gives you enough to leave you satisfied until part two is released because <laughs> there's just so much more that happens after that. So I'm I'm curious. It's a, a high pressure adaptation. They've they got to get a lot of things right with this one. There's going to be a lot of eagle-eyed fans looking at. That's the other thing, though, that I appreciate that I've read about their approach to splitting it into two versus just condensing it into one movie is that part of the reason why they did it is because they started to explore the idea of cutting certain things and then opted against it. And I can't think of a single cuttable song or moment or character from that show. So at this point in time, I'm very glad they did not do that. But pressure's on. I got mighty high hopes. I understand it's going to be a high bar to hit, but I'm having I'm, I'm in a moment of having faith and I can't wait to see more from this movie and then the whole thing. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it, but different than you. Um, I have not seen the Broadway play. <gasps> I do not know the story. Oh my God, Steve. Uh, well, it gets better. I've only heard, I think, a little bit of Defying Gravity, and I don't know the rest of the music. So for me, seeing the movie is going to be fantastic because I will be watching it from a perspective of someone who knows nothing and will be watching it as like a wicked virgin. And so my perspective on the movie is going to be completely different than yours and every other fan's. Like I said, like I said before, I think every movie needs to function as an on-ramp. So I'm very excited to hear like the wealth of opinions from the hardcore fans to people who have never seen or heard anything Wicked related. I am a little shocked that you've managed to avoid a Broadway show that has become so infused in pop culture that like to the extent that you haven't even heard all of Defying Gravity. <laughs> I've never heard all of Defying Gravity. Yeah. I can't, I, can't I can't decide if after we're done recording, if I'm going to like spam you with wicked material or if I want to preserve this and see your whatever. opinion on the movie, knowing nothing. Listen, uh, whatever happens, <laughs> happens. This isn't like, this isn't a, um, a situation. Um, like this is not a, uh, hardcore spoiler thing for me. Like I, I hope I make it, but whatever. 
Steve, you're going to regret this episode because at Sundance, I'm just going to be blasting Wicked in that house all day, every day. You will not because that you will be (laughs) destroying the ability for me to see it with, you know, open eyes. Anyway, moving on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, my number one is easy to predict. Uh, if you look at my t-shirt, you can see Good. I'm wearing it for a reason. Um, and that is uh, Dune 2. Um, I knew that was going to be on the list at some point. <laughs> yeah, please. It, it, Dune was my favorite film of that year. Dune 2, um, I couldn't be more excited for this film. And I'm going to give some good news to people who are as excited as I am for the sequel. I've spoken to multiple people that have seen the sequel. Multiple. And uh, every single person I've spoken to says the movie is phenomenal, way better than the first exceptional, like amazing, like the number one teases what you are going to get with the sequel. I saw the opening 10 minutes at CCXP and other footage from the film, and I was blown away. Greg Frazier's cinematography looked insane. Uh, Denise's direction, the VFX, the performances, just everything about it. Um, I guess the runtime of the movie is 166 minutes. So it's close to three hours. Um, Couldn't be more excited for this. And I've heard it's just action packed. And because I've seen the beginning, it doesn't, it expects you to know these characters and these, the worlds. So it doesn't spend any time catching you up. You are just jumping in head first, like the first movie, like you've seen the first and we're continuing the story. So it's just, you know, 166 minutes of propulsive storytelling, action, movie making. Uh, it's easily my number one of the year. I couldn't be more excited. I love the fact that this cast, this huge cast that they have, and God willing, it's going to do well enough that Denis will be able to make the third, which is something he's talked about and that he wants to do. You know, Denis, this is his favorite book growing up. It means the world to him. And um, I'm just over the moon to see it. And again, I want to emphasize, I cannot believe Furiosa is not in my top three. (laughs) It is there. You just can't, I'm just not saying it out, you know, by saying it multiple times, you understand. I'll second that with Furiosa. I'm very much looking forward to that. But I'm not looking to Furiosa as much as I am looking forward to this particular movie. My number one most anticipated movie of 2024 is Inside Out 2. Inside Out isn't just my favorite Pixar movie of all time. It is one of my favorite movies of all time, period. I mean, like, like top five territory, Steve. I think that concept is genius. I'll never forget when they released the first teaser for Inside Out. And I'm looking that and I'm like, like, how can you do a whole feature film out of anthropomorphizing emotions? Like, are you really going to sustain even a 90-minute runtime with that? And the way they expanded the world of the mind 
was just so incredibly brilliant. It made for a really exceptional watch in and of itself, but also it goes back a little, this is a weird comparison here, but when we were doing our top three of 2023 with how I was talking about poor things where sometimes the like the out of this world depiction of something that's considered a basic human truth can make it easier to process. And there are so many things that are visualized in terms of how the mind and emotion works in Inside Out that, I don't know, like gave me comfort in terms of how I process my own emotions. Like visuals, like seeing them as characters, seeing personality islands, I could go on and on. The level of detail in that movie is something else. I am nervous for an Inside Out sequel. Obviously, I care very much about that first movie, and I want the second one like desperately to be just as good. I have a lot of faith that they could pull it off. I've kind of like flip-flopped my mentality, whereas when the teaser came out, I'm like, how do you make a whole movie about emotions? Now I'm like, you could continue this franchise forever, because, and this is something that I always say, because everybody always is like, Oh, coming of age is, is for teenagers. That's when you come of age. Like, no, you can come of age at many, many stages of life. And essentially, an, every single coming of age stage in a person's journey could justify the creation of a new Inside Out movie because it would be a different story. And I think that's what we're starting to get at in Inside, Two, Inside Out 2 with Riley growing up and her becoming a teenager. And the fact that becoming a teenager means... They got to make room for more emotions, anxiety, anxiety plus anxiety and all, all the baggage that, that comes with her. I think this is a really, really smart idea for a sequel. Keeping my fingers crossed so, so tight. It meets my sky high expectations. I know it's not fair to put that that high, high bar on a particular movie before it comes out. But I love this concept. I love the original movie dearly. And. I feel good about this movie being just as special as the first one. So Inside Out 2, I will be seeing it hopefully before this date, but I want June 14th, 2024 to be here so I could enjoy this one. I love it. I love that first one. Yeah, I, I think Inside Out was a great film, um, and it's an example of Pixar at its best. Uh, and yeah, I, I agree. I think that Inside Out 2 can can can... The ability to introduce new emotions, having the character age to another place, so you are telling a new story, but dealing with something. Anyway, I, I am very optimistic. Also, I'd like to think that they would not make a sequel to Inside Out unless they had a great story. And I'm, I'm just firmly hoping that that's true. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously I'm going to see it when the ability... I'm not as amped as you are, but I am still very much looking forward to it. I still think Pixar movies are um, special and, you know, the, the, the shine has not gone off the brand for me. Although, obviously, some movies are better than others, but they've made some films that I, I truly think are masterpieces. Mm -hmm. And I, I will always um, see a Pixar movie as soon as I can many many true genius concepts being executed over there and that's something special all right those are our three most anticipated movies of 2024 now it is your turn you hit that comment section below you tell us what you're looking forward to most in the new year and that's it so we will say an official happy new year happy yep. 2024 and we will i don't know air cheers 
to sure. a 2024 filled with wonderful movies, wonderful shows, and also wonderful episodes of Collider Dailies. We'll see you soon. <laughs>